everybody to a truly candid podcast. And once again, I have my girl with me, Tamova. Hello. And uh, we're picking up where we left off at last week. We're talking about P-Valley. So it's it's a deep conversation. This is not going to be like a 30-minute quickie to catch you up on an episode. We got those. But this is an overall view of season two and where we are up to this point. So just listen in. Just listen the whole way through and you'll have everything. We're going to talk about everybody. This particular podcast, we will be talking about um, Uncle Clifford Moore. We're going to be talking about the secrets that happened in the room (laughs) at the pink we're going to be talking about uh, a little bit more of Mercedes and her dilemma going on with her entire family mm. and other things. So mm-hmm. stay tuned. So where we left off at, if you haven't listened to the previous episode, you should listen to it because it builds into this one. Yeah. Unfortunately, Big Teak uh, took his own life. Yeah. And then once again, as Tomova said, we were literally floored when we got a look at Mercedes opening the door to her daughter. Mm. and her daughter's pregnant and I was like bow mind blown yeah. I my mouth dropped because I knew so okay as a, a a woman myself and having been a young woman thank goodness I had you know my mother and support however when I noticed this season that stepmom was not on her a-game she was struggling with the pan she was struggling with losing her job due to the pandemic um, so the alcohol, she began drinking heavily, um, so much so that I, I don't know if she had problems with alcoholism in the past because they never touched on that. But it appears that she may have had problems in the past. And now she's back heavy drinking to the point where not only um, was there no food in the house and Terika had to drive to her grandmama Patrice Woodbine's church. Um, mm, to get the uh, free boxes. Ooh, Ooh. Lord, and get them free boxes, and she gave her two. But after she told her she was gonna stomp a mud hole in her, if she ever addressed her. <laughs> Patrice, Listen, we'll get on Patrice later. But <laughs> in that moment, I said, "Oh, something's going on worse with stepmom." But when you don't yeah. have that support, what's going on with Terica can be attributed to when you don't have that support that you used to have, as far as a mother or a father or a guardian there guiding you and things just drastically change. So remember guys, season two, they're in a pandemic or it's coming out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so the stepmom has lost her job. She's becoming an alcoholic. I want to say heavily drinking. There's no food in the house because she's drinking all day. So she's not caring about anything. She's going through some mental struggles and struggles with addiction uh, with alcohol. So in turn, Terika's fending for herself. She's pretty much just out there driving to get food. And um, <laughs> don't even know she has a driver's license. Right. Don't even know. Don't even know. Just driving and trying to take care of herself. And then she pulls up to the church with her grandmother. And what kind of startled me, but I'm like, maybe we'll see that in season is when Patrice knew something was going on, but she didn't. Oh, yeah. She didn't dig. I, I just, I wanted someone to help Terika in that moment when she pulled up to the church to get the food. You knew something was wrong because, first of all, when has Terika ever needed to come get food? Exactly. And and I'm not a woman, and I know a woman's intuition is a superpower, but I got like a guy's intuition. So it's like one tenth of that. And <laughs> something wasn't right for me. And I was like, why is she driving a car? Can she drive? Right. She can't because remember she got pulled over when, remember when Mercedes was with coach and coach's wife and she had to leave initially. Yep. And that's why I was like, wow, this is what's going on. And the simple and, fact that you said she needed that food. That's when I was right. like, nah, this ain't adding up. This ain't COVID. I need help. 
I'm like, Patrice was so consumed with her church and um, all of that. She didn't <laughs> even, yeah, her church. She didn't even dig into seeing what's going on with her grandbaby. She grabbed her face and, and you could tell she loves her. But it's it's Mercedes all over. If that's it the is. way she parented, if that's the way she parented Mercedes, by not really digging and 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 showing complete, I call it rooted care. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's not rooted. <laughs> this is what we get. And then also, Mercedes' mother's intuition kicked in because remember she she knew something was wrong. Oh yeah, she went over to talk to Shell pretty quickly and found her in the bathtub. Right. So she she she's trying to um, get to it and say, I can get you some help and all this. And then the, the if Terika wasn't going out there doing whatever she wanted to do, hell, uh, stepmom drunk, grandma too busy running to church. Mom can get when she can, but she's not letting mom in too much. So nope. so now she heard her stepmom say t- she was a uh, mistake. Yes. Oh, devastating. Her, guys, listeners, in her stepmom's drunken stupor, where Mercedes has her in the tub trying to sober her up, um, she tell she pretty much says that Terica was a mistake and one of the worst things that ever happened to her, so to speak. Terica yep. hears this. So if she wasn't already spiraling, she now she now. is. And so we don't know the time frame from that bathtub scene where she's hearing that and then Mercedes tries to mother her and say, no, you were the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Um, I love you. Terica still had that that guard up. So then we fast forward. I don't know if it's a month, two months. I don't know. She shows up at Mercedes' door this last after Big Teak ends his life. We are already floored in tears. I was in tears because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. And then we see Terica at the door crying hysterically. I thought she, I thought maybe stepmom attacked her. Me too. And, and I thought she just ran away and was emotional. Right. I you. thought that's what it was. But when she pulled that, y'all know if you are a woman, not saying all women, you know what she pulled out of her pocket because I didn't even have to focus in on that. I didn't even have my glasses or contacts in. <laughs> I knew what that was. She was pulling out of that back pocket. Nah, let oh. me tell you, like we talked about, my my intuition is nowhere near as good as y'all. <laughs> I was like, what you reaching for? Like, let me pause that. What is this? Pregnant? Listen, when I saw the shape of I, I Sean saw the shape. I knew what it was. And guys, I, I wasn't a teen mom, never experienced teen pregnancy. However, I am a woman and I know what that is. Um, so pulling that out, I said, oh, as soon as I saw the tip, I said, oh, she pregnant. And you know what's so funny? Oh, this is going to be off track, but let me bounce for a minute. It's so funny because the other day I had to take, you know, the um, COVID test at the, the UPS no, USPS, the post office sent to people. You could get them for free and they were just delivering them. Oh, yeah, yeah. They look like pregnancy tests almost like. So when you... when You, <laughs> you kind of do now that you say that. Yeah. So I had See, to take... Me being a guy, I wouldn't think of that, but yeah. I had to take... I had to take one the other day, a COVID test, and of course it was negative. But Jaden, my son, walks by and he walks by <laughs> again and looks at it. So he's looking at me like, what? I thought you... You shouldn't even be able to have kids. And then looking at him like, how the hell you know what this is? If you yes. thought it was that, yes, it's a COVID test, but what you thought it was, how you know what you thought it was? What do you know about <laughs> That's when everybody in the room just plead the fifth and walk on. We did. It. And, uh, and I said, like, right. COVID test. And he was like, I-, I figured that out after staring at it because his mom. And I'm like, but why-, why do you even know what that potentially looks like? <laughs> and he just looked at me and went upstairs. And of course, he's almost there 20. Um, but still, I'm like, yeah. But when she pulled that out, 
I felt what Mercedes felt right when she looked weak. You know, when Terika fell on her arms oh, yeah. and Mercedes looked like, oh my God. All So in a sense, everything y'all did to keep this baby from Mercedes, saying Mercedes would take her down the wrong path and she would become a Mercedes. So it was best if stepmom and dad at the time raised them and keep her away from Mercedes and she could just see her every now and again. Look, all that y'all did and she still ended up Becoming pregnant at this young age of 15, I think she is 14, 15. Got to be somewhere around there. Yep. And she's still going to the one woman for help and, and nurturing that you all try to keep her away from. Yeah. Once again, Miss Miss Katori Hall, if you're listening, drop some knowledge on your boy. Just, just let me know some things. Three things I'm going to ask real quick that are off the subject but related to this. How old exactly is... is what's her name again? Uh, Terika. Terika, thank you. How old is Terika? All right, that's my first question, ma'am. The next question is, how much time passed since the last season? Because y'all said it was like a year and a half, two years, but Mississippi uh, Baby wasn't that old. All right, uh, I digress. Uh, I'm going back. <laughs> that was a good question. So we see Terica, um is pregnant, and then we are just left with, um, what else? How else did it end? Um, it just ended. It but just ended, yeah, that was it. <laughs> I want to talk about, if you allow me this, if you want, if this is good, you tell me if this is not. I want to talk about the one person, and I brought this up to you the other day, Corbin. Oh, God, yes. Corbin. So the mystery man with layers. Who so I think he's, a spoiled layers. he's a spoiled little brat to me. So I have a season two, excuse me, a season one, episode two podcast about this, but here's what I failed to touch on, y'all. Corbin. Corbin <laughs> is a big part of this show that we do not yet understand. Mm-hmm. Actually, I can't say we don't understand him. We're getting some some views of him. And once again, this could be a distorted view of what they want us to think so they can lead us somewhere else. But he got some issues. And yes, please, by all means, let's talk about Corbin. What do you think? You know, I Corbin's a spoiled brat, in my opinion. Um, and, and I don't think it's spoiled because he had everything handed to him. I think what we see as spoiled brat or what I see as spoiled brat is... Um, frustration with never being able to take his rightful throne or place in his father's family. Mm. So mm. we get that out. I am the rightful heir. I'm the other heir, and I am the other black sheep child. So what we, what I Literally. see, royal brat kicking in the doors and throwing temper tantrums. I see a young man who, who has watched his siblings, his half siblings, and his father lived this whole life and act like he kind of exists but treating him like the help so to speak and oh, yeah. him not getting his rightful due but how he's acting out is now I'm going to take it and this is who I am so it to me it comes out as spoiled brat but there is a softness to and I'm not saying in a sexual way there is a relationship a softness a brotherhood or sisterhood or, or friendship between Corbin and Uncle Clifford. There oh, is definitely. And it made me think, were they friends growing up? Did they have, they all, everyone grew up in Chuckalissa together. But it's something where, do you remember in season one where Corbin, he's black and blue, he's beat pretty, pretty bad. Oh yeah, I and, do. And that's exactly what I was going to yeah, talk about. And, and Uncle Clifford is taking care of him and wiping his wounds and talking to him. And they, no, I don't think they were ever lovers or anything like that. I think they may have been very close growing up as far as friends um, because he knows Corbin because you remember in season one, he says, yeah, we all got secrets. Uncle Clifford says something to the effect of um, 
something to Corbin that made me think, okay, they have been friends for a very long time and not just live in Chuckalisa and know each other. They are friends. Okay, so let me expand off that for just a second, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. Um, The secret is Corbin likes to get his ass whooped. That's right. Season season one, episode two on Fantasy Fridays, he comes in there and he lets Mississippi and Mercedes beat him down and he's naked on a cloud. Yes, that's right. The irony is, and that's what I was like, how did I not talk about this in that podcast? So y'all, I'm sorry when you hear that podcast that you'll be like, he didn't touch on that. Yes. Corbin was naked on a cloud yep. <clears throat> using, for a lack of better words, y'all forgive me for not being politically <laughs> correct. I'm black, don't get mad at me. <laughs> he was using his old slave voice. Massa said I couldn't. Oh, don't, you know, I'm like, what are you doing? Yep. Because in honesty, in all honesty, you get treated like that by your brothers. Yes! Why is it your fantasy to be treated like that in real life? I mean, in your fantasy. Mm. <laughs> And once again, this ties back in our girl Mercedes. Oh, excuse me, Mississippi. This M's keep messing me up. All that light skin gone to waste. And Uncle Clifford told her, "Shut up with your color is an ass, or colorblind, or color struck ass." Yes. That's what he said. <laughs> that told us about her then that she is not really happy being who she is. I'm not gonna say black. I'm just gonna say who she is. Who she is, yeah. And that was her connection to her white knight. Mm. But she was envious that Corbin was so light-skinned and still couldn't pass his wife. Right. And that he wasn't using it properly. And I will go on to say, I will go on to say, before we get back to Corbin, that Mississippi is not happy being her complexion. As a Black woman, we go through that. Um, And you have, and I think, thank goodness that we're at, I think we're at a stage in life where we can now talk about it with a little bit more ease about the colorism amongst Black women. And if you go into season two, remember a black man when she was a teenager sitting on the bleachers during cheerleading practice, as beautiful as Miss Mississippi is, fine. A brother had the nerve to call her a black burnt chicken nugget. Mm-hmm. And remember what they were going after. Yeah, but the, you know what? That brought so much rage in me. Like I'm thinking, oh, here we go, because I've experienced <laughs> that, where um, you can be as pretty as can be. And y'all, I'm not saying I'm pretty. I'm just saying you can be as pretty. Well, I am pretty, but I'm saying you can be. I'm about to say, hold on now. (laughs) Well, I'm fine. Y'all, I'm fine now. Don't get twisted. But you can be as beautiful as you can be sitting there. But if you are not the complexion of what that person thinks, you may get called black, burnt, um, you know. High yellow. It goes in every direction. It goes the other way too. High yellow, white. So I was like, oh, my God, they're taking us down this road. And here you go. For the black man, you're not good enough. You're burnt. You're a black chicken nugget. But the white knight comes and sees you as beauty. And so you easily flock to that. Oh, man, hold up. White is supposed to be right and beautiful and clear. And here this man sees me as beautiful, but my own doesn't. Hmm. Okay. So I'm going over here. She was easily confused by the moment, not realizing he didn't see you as a beautiful black woman. Derek didn't see you as a beautiful black woman. He saw you as something he can conquer and property. And probably exotic, to use the correct term. It's exotic. And her mom told her about that. And I think the colorism is all throughout this season. And I'm going to stick a flag right here so we can come right back to this. But, y'all, if you didn't pick up the colorism when Haley came in and Mercedes was beeping with her and Mm -hmm. they were in the VIP room and she said all she did was sit up there and be light. Yep. Uncle Clifford said that's all she got to do. 
Yep. It's colorism all throughout this, especially with Corbin and Mississippi. Oh, he's all that light skin and can't pass still. There's colorism all throughout the show. And it, they're actually tiers of it where they've separated themselves into certain groups. And the yeah. only person that can man- maneuver through those groups, actually, it's two people Uncle Clifford. Yeah. Because he's over everybody. And Gidget. Get him Gidget. Yep. <laughs> Gidget's uh, the only I one. She's white and nobody talks Gidget. about it. They need to bring Get Him Gidget back. Her name is just everything. Get Him Gidget. But um, you're right. And even we see this, and we're, we're going to get back to Corbin, but we even see the colorism in Whisper and Roulette. Oh, yeah. Big we time. saw it big time last oh, episode. It was big actually, time. first of all, I'm going to say my disclaimer here. I'm a married man. I love my wife. My wife watched the show with me, and we talk about the same things together. But God dang, Roulette is fine to me. She's beautiful. And I am a married woman and my husband doesn't watch P-Valley, but he knows I am. If I can get a cameo on P-Valley, if y'all are listening, I am available for cameos. Um, (laughs) I don't do poll work, but I can learn. Um, But I can dance and I can do a split. So um, I'm good. But Roulette is gorgeous and she's Wanda Jean. So if you watch Snowfall, we, I I said, oh my God, I yelled at Wanda Jean is on you know, um, P-Valley. And, and my husband's like, wait, what? Snowfall crossover? I'm like, not really. But she's such an amazing actress. But she's she gorgeous. Is. And she's got she a is. sex appeal. And um, she's just sexy. Her whole vibe is everything. It is definitely the vibe. It's, it's how she carries herself. Um, she is and don't get hot me wrong. Girl. Like, she is like, and what I mean by hot girl is just, it's, it's something about her where she looks over her shoulder and she's popping that gum. It's like, mm-hmm. yes, come on, roulette. Come on. So we, we speak about that colorism with her and, and Whisper because yeah. of how that guy played her. And I'm going to say played. Oh. You know, so viewer discretion here. We're going to talk about a situation that happened. Um, if you're younger listening to this, you probably shouldn't be listening to this. I'm Give sorry. Give me a few you seconds should. to get off. Get off. Yep, go ahead. Click off so, before your mama come in the room. Right now, click off. Bye. Okay. We saw her... Um, pleasure a man in the vip room which uncle clifford's rule was ain't no holes in the paint but she definitely hold out for a second yeah she and did she pleasured that guy and she had to get down on her knees and do that for him and the yep. next time she saw him he was coming to her to ask not for a round two but to get whisper who is the complete opposite mm-hmm. and he said i'll go down on her he said, she, pretty much, Whisper can lay on her back and I'll eat it all day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But mm-hmm. Roulette had to get on her knees and suck it down. Yep. See? And the, the difference is see? colorism. Mm-hmm. The colorism. The beautiful, lighter complexion one, you lay back and I'll play you. You don't have to do nothing. But what did they say in season one? Lay there and be light. Mm-hmm. Lay there and be light. Whereas Roulette, two be- both of these women are beautiful. Both of them are beautiful. But Roulette, just as beautiful, had to get on her knees. Yep. And, and, and and honestly, that also gets into the psyche of some brothers. Not all, because I love my brothers. And I love I love that my brothers can have preference. I love men and women both have preference. If you like light, dark, whatever. But make sure your preference isn't rooted in colorism. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the issue. And I think sometimes people go, oh, well, you just don't like, or they don't just like that I like light-skinned people or white girls. No. You like what you like and you love what you love and love is love. But make sure it's it's not rooted in colorism, racism, bigotry, or anything else. That's your reason why you're choosing what you're choosing. And that episode, that scene in the episode opened the door because it's like, brother, 
you know you you pretty much saying you got to get on your knees to earn this money from me but i'll pay her to lay back because she's mm-hmm. light skinned and right so oh, she's not light skinned she white she white i think is she well I don't no know. she's latina is she latina i listen once again miss hall please drop a line let us know because to me i, I can't tell what she is I'm not trying to play the racial game, you know, the racial game Latina. to figure it out. I'm looking at I'm looking at her now. I think she's Latina. Okay. I'm not sprinkle, quite sure what she a is. Sprinkle a sister in there. I don't know. But um but them eyes is amazing though. The I'll eyes, say that. Oh my god. <laughs> but the eyes are spookily amazing. And I think that's gonna that's because she has a gift, you know. Oh, Whisper has a gift. Roulette has a gift. Whisper. Too. I think that they call her Whisper because she hears the whispers. She's intuitive. She knows. So, side note on some really, I'm all right. Hold on, let me stretch real quick because I'm about to reach. All right, (laughs) you're gonna reach. I'm gonna reach for me. I've noticed, and I could be wrong, roulette's gift is how she talks to people. Whisper's Mm. gift is that she doesn't talk at all, she looks at people. If you look at that first (laughs) time they interacted and they asked where they were from. Roulette says she was from hell and Whisper mm-hmm. says she was heaven. Mm-hmm. There, it's always a polar opposite thing going on with them. And that's why they mesh so well on the pole and they're able to dance so well. But deep down inside, they hate each other. They really yes, do. They do. But their, their gifts are polar opposites. One sees, the other one says. Yes, I didn't. Oh, okay. Come on now. With, you that's my reach. reach. Well, you reached, <laughs> but you grabbed it. And we good now because... I didn't think about that, but also, um, Whisper is a little bit smart. Remember, she gave her that bump of coke. Oh, she did. But and she didn't did not help her. Herself, I don't think she didn't take any. I don't think she took any of herself. No, I think it threw let off of her game because remember she kind of took her top off. And Uncle Cliff was like, "Girl, you know better." <laughs> right. So she had her wilding out, and mm-hmm. she's watching. But again, um, you know, roulette and whisper. They, I think at first, a lot of people were like, oh, they're bringing new people in. But you got to remember, the strip club is an ever, ever revolving door. The same so, way we bought Haley in and she's not on the pole no more. Right. So when people were like, oh, they got new players. We didn't want new players. But that's that life. That's the life of the pink. You're going to have people in that. and out. So I like the new additions. I see them building up roulette story a little bit, but they're not doing enough with Whisper for me. Um, I want to see something else. Now, I tend to think, you guys, this is what I think is going to happen. Roulette going to set Whisper up, especially since she has a little jealousy due to um, the color issue as far as the guy, what he mm-hmm. preferences, whatever. Oh, but look at this. Look at this, though. Look at the correlation. Okay, hear me out. Miss Mississippi. Remember, the brother, when she was in high school, sitting on the bleachers, the brother called her a black burnt chicken nugget or whatever, mm-hmm. and she was ugly. The white knight came and saved her. He said that she was the most beautiful person, right? Oh, I know where you're going. Put your turn signal on. I see roulette. where you're going. Think mm-hmm. about this roulette, the last episode. Go, get him Gidget's ex-boyfriend came to yep. her and said, you are the most beautiful thing. And she said, what, in the parking lot? He said, no, mm-hmm. here. So now the white knight has come Again. to us. Well, what she thinks is a white knight, it could be a hood. Okay? <laughs> yeah, because that's <laughs> be what you think about Derek. It's, it's, it's not the Derek. white knight you think. <laughs> white night you think but i don't know but so here she is just like miss mississippi getting rescued so to speak or what she thinks is rescued because the white guy thinks i'm beautiful he's attracted to me he he oh my god he's talking to me whereas the other the black guy just told me what it was so look at the correlation 
we're seeing similarities in what Derek and Miss Mississippi and oh boy, I can't remember get get him Gidget's ex name. I can't remember his name. I don't know either. But you see how that we'll played out. out. But I think he's up to no good. I think Get Him Gidget left him for more than what happened to the mama. And I think we're going to find out. Oh, big time. I think it had something to do with those drugs. Honestly. Yep. Yep. We're going to find out. He's going to use roulette. I, 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 Guys, hear me out. I think he's going to use roulette as a mule for some drugs to push those drugs in the club, to help him push those drugs on the girls, push those drugs. He's going to mule her out under the guise of, oh, we love you, my beautiful queen. And, and you know, I ride for you. And she's down for whatever as far as making money. So I think that's what's going to happen. But I also see her setting roulette up. I mean, yeah, whisper, excuse me. I see her setting whisper up. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I just, I just, I honestly thought she was going to set her up to get raped last um, episode. The way she was looking at her and knowing the guy wanted her. I I just, I had this weird feeling that she was going to set her up for some turmoil, but I'm glad that did not happen. But I just think so, they work so well together. I hate that they're on the opposite sides. His character's name is Duffy. 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 I'll remember that because it's, clearly he doesn't come back enough. He just pops no, he in every now and then. I call him Get Him Gidget Sex. <laughs> but Roulette and Whisper work so good on that pole together that do. I hate yeah. that it's coming to, you know. I think uh, the only person that's on their level that's a single person is Mississippi. Yeah. And that's one another thing for this show, y'all. Let me be honest. Y'all can tell me. Let me know. Comments. Um, everyone else is just twerking and dancing on stage. Mississippi, that's art. That's first of all, everything yeah. she's doing is like some Tony Hawk pro skater type main move. Yeah, she's doing real things. She's not just clapping ass cheeks. No offense to everybody else, but she's doing acrobatic, artistic dance moves on the pole. And if you've noticed, we see her and then we see Mercedes. Mercedes is climbing up the pole, breathing hard. Mercedes is athletic. Right. She can do all that. She can pull herself. She can throw herself. She can drop down. She can do the splits. And she's athletic about it. Kind of in the shape that you see any kind of sports player running up and down the field. They're breathing hard. They're using that athleticism. But you don't see that with Mississippi. She's smooth. She's very smooth with it. It's butter, baby. For her, it's oh, yeah. butter. It's very, it's butter. Um, but now we, we skipped over Corbin. But yeah, we're going to come back to Corbin oh, yeah. in another episode of this because there's more to him. But since you mentioned Mercedes, can we jump on her a bit? Oh, yeah, definitely. We need to stay on her for a minute. And I uh, think the first thing we should talk about mm-hmm. is that mom. Uh, Patrice, isn't it? Woodbine, right? Patrice Woodbine? Patrice Wood, Sister Woodbine. Don't Sister call her Patrice. Woodbine. Remember that lady walked in and she was like, Patrice, it's your turn to sing. You mean Sister Woodbine? I'm going to call Patrice. <laughs> Patrice, Patty, Patty Cake, Patty B, Patty, listen, Patty W is on some. And we see in her defense, though, we see where she came from because when they did the flashback in the episode that just showed us where Mississippi, Miss Mississippi came from, we see Patrice working as a waitress in the diner. You know what? I usually pick up things right away. I had to go back. I didn't see that till the second time I watched it. And I was like, oh, that's Patrice. And she she's, is, yes. So she's hipping as a black the woman, as a black woman and a sister, I'm proud to see. Eh, well, I'm proud of where, <laughs> where she was because she was an actually, actually a waitress. And now we see her as still the evil mama, evil grandmama, but there's more to her. I don't think she. Okay. I don't think she's just nasty and evil. I think there's something there, 
but she's definitely selfish and she's using her greed and hiding it under the God's word. I'm doing God's work. Oh, big time. She wants Listen. the praise and glory. Do you see when they were in the car line, when they had the giving out the food and she had her white gloves on, holding her hands mm-hmm. up, like praising? Huh, she was praising herself. Oh, yeah. She wasn't praising the Lord. But so, I, yeah, metaphorically, that was definitely uh, the blessings falling down on her during that mm-hmm. rain scene. Mm-hmm. And everyone else was sheltered from it. They weren't getting the blessings, it's just her. But I like Patrice uh, as far as she going to set them folks straight in Chuckalissa. Oh, yeah, when she had a, that uh, political rally? That political rally, she told them what it was, what it wasn't, and she told them the chicken was dry. The chicken was dry. Listen, I don't care what else she said, y'all, during that whole thing. When you insult somebody's chicken at a church gathering. Ooh, the, the fighting words. The like, are you going to insult my chicken? That's like <laughs> insulting my macaroni or my potato <laughs> salad. We don't, we don't, we don't knock Tomova's macaroni or potato salad. Okay, Patrice? But she said the chicken was dry. So I know we're jumping around, y'all. Bear with this because there's so much going on. It's so much. Patrice is going to run. She's going to run. She's going to run. She too. hasn't announced it yet, I believe. Now, mark this down, y'all. I could be wrong again. It happens quite often. But I believe she's going to run because there are three different sections of Chuckalissa. There's the mm-hmm. actually actually yeah I'm gonna say that. There's three different sections. You got the sinners, the saints, mm-hmm. and then the white people. Yeah yes, <laughs> yes, sinners, so saints, and white folks. It's all gonna break down between <laughs> those people there. Like Andre is gonna get everybody that's not up in the P, up in the pink. Um Patrice is going to get everybody that's going to church. Yeah. And Mayor, interim Mayor Kyle is going to get everybody else, which is the money. But we don't know because Andre looks like he's going to do pretty well with that. But Andre's going to do pretty, pretty well. Um, I think, I think, could you imagine Patrice becoming mayor? And then she's not going to get rid of P Valley. She's not going to get rid of P Valley because she can get no. money from Uncle Clifford to keep it open. To keep, exactly. To, just like what the old mayor was doing. Remember, he, they were kicking back a little bit to him, um, working it out. But yeah, Patrice is a pimp pastor. That's all she is. She is a pimp pastor. The pimp's in the pulpit. If you go look that up <laughs> under the dictionary, it'll be Patrice Woodbine right there. And She's definitely what, using her daughter. What kills me is she reminds me of those women who are so into the church, they don't pay attention to their children. So you have, they've taken put God above all else so seriously, which don't get me wrong, that's serious, that you neglect your own. Oh yeah, and we saw that. And I think that's what happened with uh, Mercedes, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. We don't know, but we're just gonna assume. Yes. And the sad part is that I wanted to touch on, Mercedes missed out on Terika's entire childhood, not because yeah. she was living with the stepmom, but because that childhood is over now. Yeah. There's a child on the way. And Mercedes was working so hard to get Terika back so she yeah. can come home. And now they're pretty much going to be in the same spot she was in. Are they going to keep this child? Are they, you know, somebody else going to come and raise it? Um, by the way, <laughs> let's touch on Mercedes' business venture. She oh, don't work for oh. Coach no more. <laughs> no. Y'all, so if you don't know, which you probably do, but if not, I'll tell you. Spoiler alert again. Mercedes got saved from the strip club by Coach. Mm-hmm. Now, by the way, I am a heterosexual black male, and I'm going to tell you, y'all should have kept the same coach from season one yes, to season two. I don't know coach. what that was. 
<laughs> I definitely wouldn't go work for that. The coach one, if I'm in the stripper situation and I'm trying to get saved, all right, cool. He had a little swag to him, you know? Yes, yes. This guy just looked like an old fat coach. Yes, it literally. Um, like, I'm not climbing. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Ain't that like, many stacks to make me shape for you. Not this coach. Shit. Well, <laughs> I, I say that, but it. Honestly, getting 10 stacks a weekend and you have a condo that's paid for mm. during COVID? Mm. Listen, I have no rhythm. I'd be twerking everything. <laughs> Would you say you have no rhythm and you'd be throwing No rhythm to be. So don't you don't put me on no pole. <laughs> They'd be like, what are yeah. you doing? I'm trying, damn it. I'm trying. <laughs> Not this. I, the last coach, the original coach? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm like okay, let's go. This one, yeah, I wasn't feeling this this switch of coach. I don't and like this coach. I don't think that if they had the old coach, that it would have went this way. This coach yeah. looks like it would have went that way, the way that it yeah. did. The old coach looked too smooth for that. First of all, yeah. you here for the weekend? I don't care what else you do. I don't care if you smashing my wife. I don't care if y'all got something going on and y'all feeling each other. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. But this coach is different, and and Mercedes. Definitely ruined that. Um, excuse me, she didn't ruin that. The situation was ruined. Um, and I want to touch on what a lot of people were commenting to me about when we talk in our, our chats on Facebook and over the phone. A lot of people said Coach's wife was in love with Mercedes. I don't think enough time had passed for it to be love. I definitely think that she was in lust and interested because it wasn't what I think, and so to speak, she got turned out. It oh, wasn't. She did? It wasn't what she thought it was because remember when Mercedes first met her, she said, this is beautiful. And she had the accent and coach's wife said, you mean beautiful? Um, So to her, Mercedes was trash and she wasn't even trying to look beyond this is a hoe was trash. And I think through the conversation and through that little moment with her, I think she opened her eyes. But what we found is like she told coach, she liked pussy probably more than him. And that surprised me. Um, So... yeah, she's been hitting. She's been she's been having her little hit or quit things on the side too with women. Probably so for a while, while. <laughs> for a long time. But coach, like you say, too blind to see it. I think I don't think she was fall. I don't think she was in love with Mercedes yet. I think she was falling and she wanted to explore what it could be. But I don't know if it was beyond the bedroom. No, I don't, I don't think it was. I Mm-mm. think she was attracted to Mercedes' freedom. Yeah, what she thought was Mercedes freedom and the power she held as a woman, because if you look at it, she said in that first time we met her, I got to be up in them all the time. You get to just come for a weekend. You want to switch. Yeah. And, you know, a kept let me just tell you what, what, what I know. Kept woman always wants the freedom. A free woman always wants to be kept. Um, oh, man, you hit that on the head because that's the, that's them two. They're coming and crossing. They're passing each other right now, looking at always. each other and saying, I want that. And the other person is saying, I want that. Yeah. Yes. And that's that's just how it is. But um, I, I, I knew that coach's wife was going to taint what it was, the purity of what it was. And what I mean by pure, I mean how it was set up here. Coach brought the wife of uh, the Mercedes in for the wife. There was some sort of for him pureness of it all. My wife mm-hmm. has never been with a woman and I'm going to let you my property. Again, here's another thing where he owns Mercedes. She's not a human to him. Just like Derek and Miss Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Here is what I own. And wife, I'm now sharing with you what I own. But this is, has to be on my terms. And, and that's the thing. That value. Yep. You're right. The ownership and the value. The ownership for Derek. The, uh, the 
lower value of the black guy in the club with uh, roulette and now coach. Yes. And I think what um, the hard part about the whole thing was Mercedes knew it was a no-no, but I think she trusted a little too much that coach's wife would have her back more than what she did. Mm-hmm. Because have her. how are you going to call me to come, come play with you and come play in your kitty? And then when I had your back and this comes out, you handed me my shoes and holding your head down. What? She did. And all you, right, had to say, all you had to say is, coach, you know, um, you don't have a brain because you're here. No. You, you couldn't come harder than that. Be like, no, leave them stacks on the table. She earned her stacks. Coach, me and you. Go, because she has more weight with coach than she thinks as far as the wife. So yes, she does. If you could hurt him to that extent, this is what I learned about men. If you can hurt him a little like that, you have a little bit of control. So you could have done more for Mercedes in that moment besides hand her those beautiful gold heels and be like, all right. Yeah, you out. And he said, you broke my heart. And I was looking at him like, what? Exactly. She's nice enough to let somebody else come into your room and you upset because she's enjoying it as much as you are? But Bro, that's you the thing. You want the cake and eat it too, but now your wife eating some of the cake and a little more, more than the half slice you wanted to give her. You want yeah. So you wanted your cake and eat it too, but you wanted to give your wife a spoonful of that cake. And she was like, nah, bro, I'm going for it. And now so you're let, mad. Let me let everybody know where this guy messed up at. If you didn't understand this scene, if you saw it, but you really didn't understand it, it was a three-way scene with two very beautiful women and an okay dude. <laughs> And the okay dude was thinking he was putting in some work because he paid for one woman to be there. Mm-hmm. And he realized, is she into me or is she into my wife? Right. So he stopped. He completely backed away from the situation, literally stood back and watched. And things got better as he took himself out. Right. And he realized, oh, hell no. Oh, mm-hmm. hell no. That was the one of the funniest scenes in P-Valley for me, not like laugh, ha-ha, but sarcasm. The, the fact that yeah. this is what you wanted. You you pined after this. You signed an NDA for this. You did all this stuff. And it wasn't even what you wanted it to be. Someone exactly. else was getting the benefit of it, which is the overall theme of P-Valley, essentially. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a trip. It was. Um, and then, you know, that's just it. But Mercedes, she's going to come up with something. But I don't even remember her. Um, I remember thinking, what is she going to do? Because remember, part of what keeps Mercedes alive, and I do think it, it means it was part of just being able to be with Terica was the Chuckalissa challengers. But yes, remember that was her time girls, she spent with her. Right. And now when the girls were saying, oh, well, my mom can't afford it. My mom's worried about getting you know COVID, all these things. <clears throat> I think Mercedes felt, okay, Whatever coach asked me to do now in order to keep that bread coming in, yeah. I'm gonna have to do. And now she's stuck you. with so now she's stuck with not only the coach money, but now my daughter's here pregnant. And she don't have a condo no more. No. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a it's lot. A that's why lot. I felt so bad. Like, dang, you not that she dropped the bag, but your bag broke essentially. <laughs> but also, this also, listeners, if you're hearing me. You ever heard me? And I know you, you've, um, when I've said, I posted about this before, just in general, stay out of married folks business. If you, if the wife has given husband permission to sleep with someone on the side without her, fine. If husband has given wife permission, that's y'all business. 
But when you start dealing with married folks as a couple and you are that third wheel, you got to watch how you move. You got to watch how you move because when you get involved with it to that extent, then one's going to get jealous and one's going to get get upset because look what coach did. You brought her into this situation as long as she didn't start messing with the wife. But as soon as you start messing with the wife, guess what? I'm pulling mm -hmm. everything. I'm pulling everything. Listen, don't don't get mixed up with married folks business because look, it can turn out the worst for you. So they still together coaching his wife. Good. And you're on the outs. About to be broken unless you go back to the pink, which sets us up for her return. Yep. Today she won't have no last dance. It's such a sad because roulette called her grandma and that really messed with her psyche. Like that really yes. did. Putting that rubbing alcohol, that green rubbing alcohol, which yes. here's here's why I segued into this. A character yes. that we need to talk about that's gonna relate us back to Mercedes is that young uh handsome bodyguard that refuses to devalue his morals, so to speak. He doesn't drop his morals for anybody. Diamond. <laughs> Diamond. And I got a lot of respect for him. Yes. Because I he, he gets tried by a lot of those girls there. A lot. Yes. <laughs> and I think the only one that's actually got him is Big Bone. But, you know, there's a different story well, behind that that's not devalued right. related. Yeah. We already know that. <laughs> but, um, but does she really have him? You know what I mean? No. Can you really have Diamond? I think Miss Mississippi is the only one that could have really had Diamond. I think she still has Diamond because we saw that episode, or the latest episode for yeah. that moment, he was seeing Mississippi, even when yep. he had a very beautiful woman in front of him. Gorgeous, yes. To the point yes. that he had to flip her over because he couldn't even look at her face no more. Yep. See? Yes. And Diamond is deeper because, let's go... Bring he and Miss Mississippi, uh, excuse me, Mercedes back. When Mercedes shoulder, do y'all remember that episode where Mercedes went up there and she fell because she was trying yeah. to compete compete with mm -hmm. Roulette and Whisper, and she dropped. And then Diamond had to perform what he had to perform a little what we call down here root work mm -hmm. <clears throat> to heal and get the spirit out of her arm, the trigger arm. So what we saw was Diamond has special gifts that I didn't I didn't even pick up on that in episode one at all. Except for the carnelian, um the, the crystal that he gave um Miss Mississippi the for protection and stuff. I, so let me tell you what I, I picked up on. Hmm. In case no one else realizes he is not a saver hoe, but he has a power to understand when people are in trouble. Because when uh, Mississippi, excuse me, sorry, Mercedes was dancing in that room with Jesse and he got handsy with her twice. Mm -hmm. By the time she broke the bottle on the counter, he was already in the room. <laughs> Diamond was yeah. already in the room to handle Jesse. Now, go forward to when uh, Diamond was, uh, excuse me, Haley, she has so many names I get confused, was dancing with the old handsy guy in there from Little Murder's crew. He popped in one time. He said, hey, bro, pipe down. How did you even see yes. anything happen behind a closed door? The door closed and Haley started, you know, getting a little emotional and she need him. By the time she need him with all that music going on in the club, Diamond was back in the room again. There's mm -hmm. no camera on the outside of that door. So mm -hmm. every time that those girls need him, he's there. Mercedes, mm -hmm. he, he removed the pressure from Mercedes. He um, helped not Diamond, what's her name? Haley. Haley. He helped Miss Mississippi, uh, even offered to off the boyfriend, gave her the 
you know, the crystal around her neck. And that brings us to that interaction with him, uh, with, with Mississippi, excuse me, and Diamond at the Dollar General. Yes. And she was hurt because I think, honestly, she loves him. She really does. She has but feelings for him. Let me say that. Yeah, but she's. this is what makes me feel like, um, on one part, I understand the abuse and the psychological damage that Derek has done to her. Um, and then the damage she's done to herself by continuing to expose herself to that and, and just, you know, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> you had someone in your face, <clears throat> excuse me, caring for you, willing to help you, loving you, and look what you did. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to pull a gun on him. To so What you really did was pull a gun on Diamond. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me you got the nerve to be hurt at his response to you and everyone's response when you pulled the gun on him for him fighting the man for kicking your behind all the time. Mm-hmm. Make it make sense, Miss Mississippi. It doesn't make sense. And I think she was used to people always being there for her and her misusing how they're there for her and trying to help her, even though she's an angel, she sometimes misuses people's kindness and love for Mm -hmm. her. And she just thought Diamond was one of those people who were always going to hold her down. And so she can pull a gun on him. Well, you know, you, you understand why I pulled the gun. It's, it's Derek. You should still love me and you should still care about me. And when he was like, Nope, you're, you're, you're toxic. You're and now the whole time that- she was doing that, she was touching that that crystal that he gave her around her neck. Mm-hmm. And that's what yeah. I was looking at. I was like, that's that's your crystal now. That healing power that he put in there for you to be strong and protection, it's not working anymore. Because you notice she took that off. And after she yeah. took that off, things got worse. Yeah, sure I, I, I love Mississippi. I really do. But damn, she made some stupid choices. And the first yeah. stupid choice she made was pulling a gun. Like, if you weren't going to shoot anybody... You should let Derek take his man licks yep. and go on about his business. Because Diamond wouldn't have, he probably would have killed him. I can't say that. <laughs> he probably would have killed him. Yeah. But then you so. know what? Let him take it. But but so what you did, like I said, pulling that gun, she essentially let Derek live, but killed herself, mm-hmm. so to speak. And showed her hand that she cared more about somebody that cared nothing about her. Yep. Oh, Lord. So. But yeah. But Uncle Clifford, my, I just, I have this just love for Uncle Clifford. Uncle Clifford can do no wrong um, in my book. Um, <laughs> I do feel like they haven't given him much of, because he's the the root and the base by which all other stories kind of sprout off of. I don't feel like they've given him enough story, real story yet. And I say yet, because as we've seen from the last episode, a little murder comes to him. Um, after Big T commits suicide. So definitely. Um, I just feel like they don't, of course, when they kidnapped him for his birthday. and, and That was hilarious. Him, yes, it was. I just uh, don't feel like they've given him enough yet. They gave us a good amount of information when he got kidnapped. And it's funny that you brought that up to say they hadn't given us a lot of information about him. They haven't. You're right. I agree with you. But Uncle Clifford gave us a lot <laughs> At that yeah, point. He did. the prayer <laughs> yeah, the prayer was everything and if y'all didn't connect these dots let's talk about Uncle Clifford's prayer first of all <laughs> he confessed to messing with some girl brother <laughs> after the church yes. which was funny but not the point the next part was cutting up this man's body and disposing it in the river with Big L Yep. so if y'all not connecting those dots Montavious was the man that he cut up 
and put but in I, a river with I big thought water. he was in the wall for whatever reason, but he's not in the wall. That was just a blood splatter. That was blood splatter because the shot, the shot yes. that came probably hit the wall. Blood probably came out on the wall. Yeah, mm-hmm. He's not in that club. He's in the river. And, oh, but he is in the club, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's in there. He's in there. Um, so you're going to see a lot more of the actor who plays Montavious because his spirit is in that club. And a lot of y'all complained about that. Y'all, for my listeners, I, I love that you listen. I really do. But let me explain something. Y'all finicky. Y'all can watch the craziest stuff on TV yep. and then complain about the realest stuff. Is root work real? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Is domestic violence real? Yes, it is. Is stealing money from somebody so you can go do something else with it real? Yes, it is. So Mm -hmm. why are y'all complaining about P-Valley? P-Valley is nothing, there's nothing fake per se about it other than the actor's acting. But Diamond's root work, there are people that actually practice that. And there are people that have their own beliefs about that. That's not, oh, they're going too far with it now. They conjuring spirits. I can get to a whole conversation about conjuring spirits in every religion. (laughs) <laughs> because the spirit world is well that's another conversation but it, it's real there's nothing fake about P Valley even though it is a TV show they bring the realness because it's real life issues and things going on right now you can go find someone either online or someone you know talking about the spirit of someone has moved on or they feel the spirit presence of someone who passed or oh my my mom's spirit's here so those people complaining about oh my god they're making it it um, some kind of other type of show. Come on, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, y'all can do better than that. Digging so deep to find something that's not even that bad. Right. However, it's not. And then Diamond if you and look his root at, work is good. Diamond's root work, if you look at it, he spiritually, even physically from the root work, removed the burden from her body because you know sometimes when you do something it causes psychological so if you have to do something that you really didn't want to do but it was traumatic it causes psychological thing that may affect how you feel so in Mm -hmm. a sense where sometimes you're like my stomach hurts no your stomach really doesn't hurt or it's it's caused by you're nervous because you have to go to see mr so-and-so or you have to go to this location where you had a car accident. So actually that trauma is causing your stomach to hurt Well, it's really a mind thing. So his root work, removing what it was from the trigger arm, actually mm-hmm. was helping her lift the burden of what she had to do in the club. And I thought that scene was, I really hate to use the word powerful, but it was. It was powerful because he snapped his fingers. He, he had to pull it out of her. He had to pull the trauma out of her. Mm-hmm. He pulled the trauma out. He held it in his hand like it was a chunk of flesh or something. Yes. He put it on that scale and then weighed out the seven pounds, which he then told us seven pounds of pressure, pressure. to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't get that, there it is. I mean, it's kind of hard to miss that one. Right. But we know who pulled the trigger. We, we know who that. shot Montavious now. Mm-hmm. Mercedes made it to the gun and she apparently, I think it was three or four shots she fired. She hit him one good time, at least. Yeah, enough to <laughs> enough to do damage in, and they had to get rid of him. But it, and that just brings me back to she did what she had to do to not only it wasn't even just about protecting Haley; it was about protecting Uncle Clifford and herself. But yes. again, the setup, the proper setup for Haley, because she could have scattered to that gun. She could. She didn't. Once again, yeah. she Mississippi. She didn't want to do it. Right. 
But now you got the nerve to turn your back on the people who pretty much saved you or helped you, helped you complete your plan of getting rid of rid of Montavious. Absolutely, I <sighs> think that was a plan. Mm-hmm. That was a well thought out plan because she knew he was coming. Yep. He After they danced, the in that, they danced in that that room for hours, sweating, <laughs> trying to figure mm-hmm. out what to do. But. Um, Mercedes, now that the pressure's lifted from from pulling the triggers, now she's got the other pressures of life. Her daughter's now pregnant. Um, she doesn't have the money coming in from coach. She has to go back to the bank. Um, you know, it's just, I feel for Mercedes because she'll never have that last dance. <laughs> she'll never have that last dance. Um, who else do we need to touch on? We got... Um, so we got Diamond, we got Mercedes, we have Haley and all her complications. The next person, Andre. Oh, God. Just he can go back home to his wife if she's not busy. Oh, she's um, busy. She's busy. But you know what made me mad about Andre? He had the audacity to be upset that he came home and found his wife having sex with the other man. But oh, she wasn't having sex. That well, was no, she, that. T- technically, she wasn't having sex. She was pleasuring the other man. But dude, you was riding up and down with Autumn Night all last did, season. So you got to help me. Did did they actually do something? Because I know they had their little phone, their little phone uh, set up. And yeah, she was in a club a couple times. But as far as I know. I want to go back and see. I don't know. I, I want to say I think they did, but maybe they didn't. But that's bad enough. I'm a woman. Hold up. You're you're in the strip club only with her all night. You're phone sexing her. You're you're she's oh, naked true. You're on right. top of you. She's naked on top of you. And the first time you come home and I'm giving a, a blowjob to the man because you ignore me. Now you're mad. Now you're mad. Which oh, of yeah. course it was in his house. I get that. So in I guess for him, it, it makes it yeah in his head. I guess it makes it even. Well, it's not even really his house. Didn't he go on a rampant about the dad bought the house or I, I don't know, but. Yeah. In his mind, I guess it would have been better at a hotel. So maybe the wife should have went down to check Elisa and brought the man, and then that would have been okay. But he seems so bothered by this. And I'm thinking, okay, Andre, did you just forget that you had, whether it was just phone sex or whatever, you had a connection with Autumn Knight, Haley, Lakeisha mm-hmm. Savage. So now it, he's, he's kind of like he doesn't see his own bull crap in all of this. I, and, I agree with you on that. He doesn't see it. And what made me laugh too was when um, the old mayor's family was moving out of the house because Oh, they, they were mad at him. They was mad. They was mad. They're going to burn us sucker down. But, but yeah, you know what made me it. laugh about that? It was <laughs> the simple fact that the night of the funeral, they left him in that house by himself. They said, we don't live here. And right. everybody left. So why are you mad that he's getting the house that he stayed in afterwards? Oh, we know family. You know how family oh, mm, is. Oh, mm. wait, that's not even your biological nephew, son, grandson, or nothing. But you, but you all didn't want to handle the stuff that Andre was handling for him. You didn't want to stay in the house. Y'all left, but y'all want the property. And by the way, he wasn't even a pallbearer, and y'all told him to stay, which means you acknowledge him as a child of this man or as somebody really important. And she said that. She was like, he, y'all might have been on the outs, but your, your uh, godfather loved you. Mm-hmm. And then y'all treat him like, like y'all wanted that raggedy house that they were splitting the water from. Right. Exactly. But I'm glad, on, on a, in a way, I'm glad that he left in the house. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, 
Andre is one of those characters I don't care for. I do not. And, and I love all of my Chuck Lisa family, but I do not like Andre at all. So, all right. I think Y'all. he's Corbin's pawn. I think he's Corbin's pawn. Oh, he is Corbin's pawn. Um, oh, and that's why we're going to have a whole, we're going to have an episode about Corbin. We just need to see some things develop first. If it's what I think mm-hmm. it is, Corbin is puppeting Andre big time. Yes. And he's puppeting him only because he's running against his brother. There's his my brother. It's yeah. it's obvious. Yep. Um, do I think that Chuck Alyssa is ready for Andre to be mayor? No. Um, I don't think he can Tidal, handle it. I don't think no. he can handle it. He can't. Tidell Ruffin was good for Chuck Alyssa because he was keeping certain people's pockets lined. Yes. And that's why they let him stay, to be honest with you. Um I I find it kind of funny that he died of COVID, but whatever. You know, yeah, I think there's like, something else we're going to find out. Yeah, that speaking was of COVID, weird. They wrote him right out, but... Speaking of COVID, um, let's flash back to when our favorite strip club pa- patron, excuse me, my favorite, uh, the heavier set light-skinned lady, don't know her name, but she was drunk oh, in there on murder is, night. Is that the head of the um, health department? <laughs> yes, it is. My girl. And, Toy sneezed in her face. Ooh, Jesus. And Corbin said to Mercedes, uh, excuse me, Uncle Clifford and Haley, that, hey, y'all gonna have Miss Rona up in here as the first visit. And we didn't think anything of that sneeze until the last episode when grandmother, excuse me, grandmother, yep. was burning up. And he called Toy, Uncle Clifford called Toy first, and Toy was coughing and hacking, and bitch, I knew you ain't had no goddamn allergies. Yep. <laughs> you know? I was yep. like, oh no, please don't take y'all. I know her name is grandmother, but that's Loretta Devon. Yeah, do not take and Loretta. She can Devon. do no wrong. We need her. We need her. You better give her a miracle. <laughs> yes. And the thing that 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 got me about that whole thing was that the health inspector lady had me laughing because remember she oh, came back too. to him the next day? Because remember she she was <laughs> cheating on the husband with the sister or the mother or something. She out there. What is mama? He out, she out there slinging and wanging and she don't care. She living her best free life, honey. Yes. But, I, I do think um, when that girl sneezed, I said, oh, she got, you know, allergies up in here. That's not allergies, baby. No, that's COVID. But they and can't they take Loretta the Divine out. They cannot no. take Loretta Divine out. But you know what else hit me? Mm-hmm. He knew that his grandmother had COVID. He knew that Toy had COVID. Now the strip club is in question, right? Yes, yes. In walks Little Murder into a COVID situation. Um, and you're like, oh, God. And also... What's going on at the club? Because Corbin stated, and it's really important, that's what we talk about, uh, Corbin. Corbin stated that when they shut this club down again, you're going to take my bid. Yes. Now, while Haley maneuvered her way into the room, shout out to the character Haley for how she got out into that room with nothing but men attached to the woman that was in charge. She attached herself Mm -hmm. to the most powerful person and she spoke into the person's ear and got what she wanted. Now the problem is because she's pissed people off, your club might get shut down and now our bid is going to yes. go down to a million dollars because you can't open to make money. I think she stepped so hard in, in her chess game that she's messing herself up. She might cut off her nose to spider face. Um, oh, definitely. I, I think that, but she was smart and smooth at how she did it and got back into that room, the cigar room. But like you said, she's pissed off. Corbin is a firecracker, and but he's a different kind of firecracker. Okay, we ha- we see two firecrackers, and follow me for a moment. You see Big T, may his soul rest in peace, just be mm-hmm. explosive 
But Corbin mm-hmm. can be explosive too. Remember when he looks, grabbed us and said, look, bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, he was up here shaking ass just a few weeks ago. <laughs> right. His Corbin's explosive is more very strategic and systemic. Okay. I'm not going to knock you in your face and beat your ass like that physically, but I'm going to do it strategically through the system. I'm oh, going yeah. to get you. He does definitely code switch. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like he spoke of earlier, Corbin's secret. Corbin's secret is he likes to take a beating, which Uncle Clifford said that. <laughs> Uncle Clifford's <laughs> girls provide the beating, which is even mm-hmm. more ironic that you're taking the same racism from black women that you're taking from your brothers that are white men. Yes, yes. It's crazy. Uh, however, he is a Kyle. And if we could talk about those two goofball Kyle brothers, um, hmm. I don't Where's dislike the other that. One? I haven't seen the other one this season. I haven't seen him either, but I have a feeling he's going to pop up. But the man that plays uh, the, the mayor, Kyle, they're both two sides of a coin and that coin mm-hmm. is racism yes one is really slick about it and the other one is in your face about it that's why they told andre to go pick that cotton man i was so mad at that yep <laughs> they said, oh yeah i was like some. what <laughs> exactly hold on hold on wait a wait a wait a minute yes Did you just tell me to pick i'm here in this suit nice suit by the way yes. i'm here in this suit <laughs> taking pictures of cotton? the land and you telling me to pick cotton well some of the visitors just want to take some home. The hell nah, out of that's not cotton. what you meant. That's exactly. not what yeah. That's not what you meant, bro. You see me as you see me as a cotton picking. You know what? And that's what oh, it yeah. is. Big time. And I love the fact that they leave us little bits for us. What's understood doesn't have to be said. And for everybody watching this episode, if you didn't understand it, that was a shot at black people picking cotton. Since you didn't understand that, right? But for everybody else, it's it's there, and you knew it right away. And so I see the Kyles and of course he's all mayoral now and he's a candidate and he's, you know, all this and, you know, trying to uphold his image and you're racist. You're just not outward like your other brother who called Corbin, the brother from another mother strikes again. So you don't even, you don't even categorize him as your flesh and blood. Mm, 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 mm. The court, the, the Kyle brothers are absolute, uh, racism it's just how you're going to take it are you going to be secretive about it or are you going to be upfront about it yep and this notice the smart one is secretive about it the dumb one that didn't even know what john hancock was a signature is open about it that tells (laughs) you a lot about their character i'm secretly this way because i know how to maneuver the other guy's like i'm just this way because i'm gonna be this way yeah yeah i can't wait i know the other brother's gonna pop up in the middle of the mayor race um, I think he's going to pop up. And so uh, I know he's not a character, guys, but I just want to touch on uh, Tydell Ruffin. Uh, oh, May he rest in peace. <laughs> I did not have respect for his character until we saw that videotape of him talking to Andre. And that yes. literally, it moved me. Like, I'm getting kind of uh, right now thinking about it. There's nothing more that you can do for any child, black, white, whatever than to tell them their worth and tell them that no one else determines their worth but them. Right. I love that scene. And even yeah, the guy it was, recording it, it cursed them out. <laughs> yes, it was powerful. Um, and it showed that that relationship first of all, and that showed why um, he went so hard for his, his godfather, even though he knew his godfather was doing dirt. 
he knew. Um, <laughs> you know, but what you notice they said something, and I went, "Wow, okay, Tidal." There were people who hadn't paid their water bill for years. Mm-hmm. That was the next part. And that's why the water was split down the street. And I was like, God dang it. Every time I want to call you stupid and ignorant, you show me yep. the other hand. And this is what we alluded to in our first uh, part of this episode. The writers always show you something and let you make your own inference as to what's yes. going on. And mm-hmm. then they show you everything. Either you're on the right side or you're on the wrong side. Exactly. And for Tydell, I, I'm not going to lie, y'all. I was on the wrong side. I thought he was just the shady politician pulling strings to fatten his own pocket and getting over on everybody in his community. And we know that is actually the exact opposite of what was going on. Right. He was doing necessary evil. Yes, he was. Um, But again, like you said, I'm just surprised they wrote him out. He died of COVID and that was that. Boom. We're not bringing him back. Yeah, I've heard a lot of theories about what happened to the actor or why he was removed so quick from the show. I'm not going to expand on that because it's just theories. But, man, I love Isaiah Washington and just about yes. all the shows he's been in. I know he's had he's some controversial moments. He's an amazing things, but actor, but when he was he on was that Grey's Anatomy, he said one wrong thing. and Oh, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. And, and you know what's so funny, and I'm not just going to say this, this has nothing to do with the P-Valley. Um, in this day and time, and even around the time that that happened, there were other actors who would say things like that and apologize and they would be fine. But oh, they, yeah. they pretty much went to blackball him. And he's an amazing actor. I liked him. Off, I didn't like I didn't like Tidal, but I liked how he portrayed <laughs> him on P-Valley. Um, Isaiah Washington is an amazing actor. So... I gained such a large appreciation for Ty Dell afterwards. Yeah. Um, because when they had his funeral and they were standing up talking about him, he seems like just the prototype uncle that's always going to tell you what it is. You, you, got, you got your sets in your family, right? You got your auntie that's going to baby you. You got the other auntie that's always out. She pops up every now and then, but you can go to right. her when you need to. You got your uncle that's on the grill that gives you life lessons. And you got the other uncle that gives you the same life lessons, just as real as hell. Right. <laughs> that was Ty Dell. Ty Dell was like, listen here. Excuse my language, y'all. Fuck that <laughs> N-word over there. Don't listen to him. You going to do what you want. When he said that, I was like, okay. And then when they had his funeral and they were talking about his favorite word. <laughs> I was yes. like, yeah. <laughs> it was good. And the way they pronunciated it, everybody in the entire funeral procession said it the exact way that he would and i was like wow so yeah he was he was a little harsh around the edges but his harshness came from a point of i would rather cut you and get you right than for you to go out in these streets and let somebody else do it exactly yeah i like that about him afterwards at first i didn't like it i thought he was shady (laughs) yeah but um definitely a lot more people to talk about um if we miss somebody there's a lot of people if we miss somebody, let us know. We'll have another podcast about the not-so-big players because I definitely want to talk about that pastor. Uh, not Patrice, but the other one. The other one, yep. The other pastor. He's, he's definitely somebody to talk about. Um, so, like I said, will.be.candid on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Shoot me a message. Let's, let's talk. Let's see what you have to say. Let's hear your theories. Let's hear what you think is going to happen. And as always, I really, really appreciate you for taking the time to listen to me. If you sat in the car for an extra five minutes because you didn't walk on the, want to walk in the house with them kids, oh, <laughs> I'm so appreciative of the extra five minutes that you spent with me and Tamova as we talk about yeah. our now hot show. And um, hopefully I'm going to try and tag her on here to do some 
Lovecraft Country. Of course, of course. Soon. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. And once again, join us back next week for another conversation about P-Valley. There are other episodes as well. I have a photography episode. I have conversations mm-hmm. with friends. Tomogo is going to be on here a lot more. Not about P-Valley. Yeah. There's a lot of insight from this wonderful woman to give to you guys. And I'm going to get what I can and give it to you guys. So thank you very much. And once again, I'll see y'all later. Bye.